Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles today and turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. This week and next week, I want to talk to you about a name for every need, that Jesus Christ really does have exactly what you need at any moment of time. Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that story. As you're turning there, maybe you heard the story of the lady and her daughter who were shopping down at the mall, looking for Christmas gifts, and the mom says, you know, honey, I think this year I'm going to take the pressure off you and your dad. I'm going to buy my own Christmas gift. Everybody ever thought that way? If I just bought my own, I'd get what I wanted, you know? No exchanges, no returns, no refunds, and I'd be happy. You ever feel that way? Yeah, I know you're not going to admit it, but I'm telling you, I do all the time. I've had enough funny-looking socks, enough ugly ties. I don't need any more Old Spice. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? Just go buy your own gift. You'll enjoy it a lot more. And mine comes in a 44 Magnum, by the way, all right? Just so you know that. All right. She said, I'm going to buy my own gift this morning or today instead of allowing your your dad to do it. The daughter kind of nodded her head like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then the mom stroked this beautiful fur coat, and she said, and I think this fur coat is just what I need. The daughter said, oh, no, mom, some poor creature had to suffer for you to have that coat. And she said, don't worry, honey, it'll be a couple of weeks before your dad sees the bill. (laughs) Amen. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah tells us who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for you and I. Last week, we talked about the fact that there are 351 messianic prophecies or prophecies in the Old Testament that speak of the coming of Jesus Christ. 351 times over a thousand year span, over 30 different writers talked about this coming Savior. That's an amazing thing. And Jesus fulfilled each one of those 351 prophecies. Maybe as you know, in the Old Testament, A name stood for something. It had meaning and significance. It spoke to the destiny of that child that was born and what that child would be and become. Matter of fact, the word translated name from the book of Isaiah literally means a mark or a brand. That's what name means. If you look at the scripture, you'll see there is significance in names. David means beloved, and he was the beloved of God. Abraham means the father of a multitude. Jacob means deceiver, and we know that's exactly what he was. Isaac means laughter. Moses means drawn out. And Jesus means, are you ready for it? Jehovah saves. That's why the angel said to Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Every one of those people proved true to their names in their history and in their life. Well, today I want to zero in on the fourfold name that Isaiah gives to this Christ child, this Savior that is coming. And he gives him these names 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus Christ. You realize there's over a hundred names throughout the scripture that are associated with or tied to Jesus Christ. Over 100. When you think about that, it should make you realize what a great and mighty and wonderful God he really is. And in fact, there is a name For every need in your life at any given time. Isaiah shines the light on the kind of person that Jesus would be in this verse of scripture and in this passage. His purpose is to remind the people of Israel of God's love towards them 
and God's covenant with them. That God would, in fact, send a redeemer. God would, in fact, send a savior. God would, in fact, send someone who the government would rest upon his shoulders. Because at this point in time, as Isaiah is writing, Israel's known great prosperity. But now Assyria is coming against them. They're about to be invaded one more time. Pressure, and persecution, and problems are what's on their horizon, no longer prosperity. When you look at this passage of Scripture, it makes you think, well, you know, it's not too different from where we're at right now. Because when we are in the midst of an impending threat, God is still there. They were living under an impending threat. It was going to happen. Assyria was coming again from the north, and they would overtake Israel. History tells us that's exactly what happened. You and I are living under an impending threat as well. Sometimes many different impending threats. We've seen the ravages of the pandemic and what's happened in our society and in our culture and in the mental wellness of so many people as well as their physical wellness. We're living under an imminent threat. In Isaiah chapter 9, you can begin in verse 1. I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning. Isaiah gives us the original birth announcement for this Christ child. He said, but there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The two tribes that he just called out, Zebulun and Naphtali, are nations or tribes that are in the north of Israel. They make up the region that we know even today as the region of Galilee. It's that area from which the Assyrians came into Israel to conquer and to destroy. For many years, the people in those two tribes only knew grief because of the coming onslaught of enemy after enemy after enemy. Because these tribes were the furthest north, they were the first to be attacked when invaders came to Israel. But Isaiah says there's coming a time when the gloom that covers this region of Galilee is going to be replaced with gladness. I want you to remember that statement. He said, there's coming a time when the gloom that covers this region will be replaced with gladness. Jesus was and is, even yet today, birthed in the middle of grief, birthed in the middle of problems, birthed in the middle of troubles. So many times we turn to God because we recognize there's things in our life that we can no longer handle. They're out of control. We're overburdened. We don't have answers any longer, and we turn towards the living God. In the middle of your grief, God will be right there. And that's what is coming proves from the book of Isaiah this morning. The angels, while they were proclaiming peace on earth, realized Herod was preparing to annihilate the infants. While Mary was worshiping, there were other mothers weeping for what was about to happen in that land. You need to understand today, my friend, that the joy of the birth of Jesus is best understood when the junk of life is all around us. We can come to a place of gladness even while we're grieving when we accept the birth of Jesus Christ, His Son, our Savior. When we come to the verse 2 then goes on to describe how the birth of Christ will bring brightness to a darkened world. Read it with me. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And when we come to the New Testament, Matthew makes it very clear in his prophecy in Matthew chapter 4, 
that uh, he's talking about Jesus Christ. He writes it this way in verses 16 and 17. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. Those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From the time Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did you catch it? From the time Jesus began to preach saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A light shone in the darkness. A light shone in the darkness. If you could this morning, or if I could this morning, I could shine a spotlight into this darkened auditorium and it would illuminate that particular place, that particular spot. Listen, friend, when Jesus comes into your life, he removes the darkness, he removes the clouds, he removes the confusion, and he brings light that enables you to see how to live and how to please him. You see, living for Jesus Christ isn't about rules and regulations. It isn't about being a member of a church. It's not about things you can or can't do. Living for Jesus Christ is about stepping into the light. It's about stepping out of darkness. It's about coming to a place where you see, you know, you understand. There is a God in the heaven who loves me and has a plan for my life. And as a result, I can trust him and I can follow him. That light shines in the darkness. The scripture tells us very clearly. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 4, look at verse 4. It says that the enemies of Israel had burdened the people with, and I quote, a yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder. When the light comes, that yoke, that burden is broken off of us and lifted from us. Do you understand that when we live for God, we have blessings in our life? When we live outside of God and outside of the commands and the will of God, we find burdens in our life. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather live in the blessing of the Lord than under the burden of an evil taskmaster whose name is Satan. Jesus came to break that yoke and to lift that burden. Matthew eleven thirty, Jesus himself said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. People have said, I can't follow Christ, I can't be a Christian, it's too hard, it's too difficult. There are too many things I can do that I can't do. No, folks, it's not about rules, it's not about regulations, it's about relationships. It's understanding, coming to understand he comes to break that yoke off of us and to allow us to follow him. His burden is light. In the place of our burdens, God wants to bring blessings into our life. I talked to a friend just last week who pastors a church in another state. He was discouraged. He was burdened. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. COVID has absolutely wrecked this church. I don't understand. I don't know what we're going to do. And all I could say to him is, brother, remember, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Stop carrying the load and let the master carry the load for you. Because that's his plan, that's his desire. That's what he wants to do in your heart and in your life. I've had to give myself that advice so many times. I don't know, Lord, how we're going to get out of this mess. I don't know what we're going to do with this tremendous pile of debt. I don't know what we're going to do with this building. Lord, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But he reminds me, it's not my burden to bear, it's his. And his burden is easy, his yoke is light. Come on, folks, hear it this morning. On this day when we remember the birth of the Christ child, he came not to burden you, he came to bless you. He came not to weigh you down with rules and regulations. He came to give you life and life everlasting. He came not so that you'd be sad, but so that you'd be filled with the joy that is absolutely unspeakable. He came not so that your heart would be troubled, but he came so that you would know a peace that passes all understanding. He came so you could live free of your past, 
free of those things that you regret, free of those things that have held you back and live in a place where you walk in complete confidence and certainty, knowing that God loves me, God cares for me, God's got this, and God's going to lead me through it. Amen. He doesn't come to bring burdens. He comes to bring blessing. That's what we need to remember today. Look down to verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. This is where we're driving to get to this morning. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Notice he said, a child is born, a son is given. That shows the inescapable deity and humanity in Jesus Christ that are married together and absolutely inseparable. A child is born, but a son was given. The Son of God is eternal. He's existed for all eternity. He has always been there. A son is given. And I'm so thankful that God said, I choose to give my son to you. A child was born. The son wasn't born. The child was born. The son eternally existed and the son was given. On top of that, he goes on to say, the government shall be upon his shoulder. What that means is the expectations of the throne of David will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Every single one of them. You can see that in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 13 through 16. So when I read this scripture, you know what it says to me? It says to me, this child that was laying on a pile of straw in a manger was really the one who holds the whole universe together. It tells me this baby, the one nestled on Mary's shoulder, is the one who has everything on his shoulders. It tells me that he is the redeemer. He is the ruler of all when I read this verse of Scripture. Part of the reason that we get stuck at Christmas, at the birth of Jesus Christ, part of the reason we can't get past this whole virgin birth thing is because we tend to only focus on an infant. I've got news for you today, and I'm not here to knock your culture or your tradition, but I've got news for you. He's not a baby in a manger any longer, but rather he is king of kings and lord of lords. He's a mighty warrior. He's conquering. He's triumphant. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Angels bow to him. And one day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Well, I come to tell you today, he's not a babe in a manger. He's not some doodamp here, Bambi eyes kind of guy. He's a warrior. He's strong and he's mighty. He's valiant. He's able. He's never lost a battle and he never will. His name is Jesus. Jesus. We don't need to get stuck at a manger. Stuck at a baby. We need to understand who he really is. We need to understand that technically... There are four descriptions, and all four of these descriptions make up the name of Jesus. Actually, as I said earlier, there's over a hundred names that give attribute to Jesus Christ. Every one of those say who he is. But I want you to notice in our scripture this morning, Isaiah said his name shall be called. He didn't say his names shall be called. His name shall be called. It's singular. It's all one name. So let's break it down. We're going to talk about the first two this morning, the last two next Sunday morning. And look at what it says. He says, first and foremost, he is wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. Isaiah 6, the word wonderful means full of wonder, glorious, exceptional, astonishing, extraordinary. Can somebody say with me, he is wonderful. 
He is wonderful. That's kind of become a buzzword around this church since my wife saw that horrible video of me saying wonderful coming out of surgery. But I'm here to tell you, he really is wonderful. And he's worthy of our wonder. He is amazing. He is astonishing. He is extraordinary. He is exceptional in every way. The Old Testament bears this out. Judges chapter 13, verse 8. The angel of the Lord says, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Isaiah 29, 14, the prophet said, Behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder. Psalm 77, verse 14, the Bible says, You are the God who works wonders. You may know your might among the people. Oh, say it one more time. He is wonderful. Wonderful. And when you apply that adjective wonderful to the word counselor, it tells us he is really something extra special. Counselor refers to an advisor, a consultant. You and I know that life is filled with decisions, with difficulties, with details, with disasters on every hand. That's why we need a wonderful counselor. That's why I can say to you, no matter where you're at or what you're struggling with, there is one who knows, who understands. He'll listen. He'll respond to what you want to say to him. He is wonderful counselor. Psalm 16, 7 says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. He's a wonderful counselor. Dr. Anika Fields is a psychologist here in our church, a great counselor. I sent her an email a couple weeks ago and I said, Anika, tell me, what would you describe, what words would you say make up a wonderful counselor? This is what she sent back. She said, a good counselor has patience, shows compassion, has empathy, is a good listener, meets people where they are, truthful without being hurtful, unbiased. This is one I like the best. Let's God lead them. And then in parentheses, she said, I didn't learn that in medical school. Unconditional love and practical. That certainly describes Anika if you know her. She is a great counselor, a good counselor. But those words also describe one who is called wonderful counselor, whose name is Jesus. Isaiah 28, 29 states, he is wonderful in counsel, excellent, excellent in wisdom. Let me say it this way. When you walk with Jesus, you're never alone. When you walk with Jesus, you're never on your own. When you walk with Jesus, you're never left to your own devices because he is wonderful counselor. I need you to get that in your spirit this morning and understand how wonderful he really is. That his vice is always true. His wisdom is always correct. His direction is always right on in your daily life. So let me ask you, do you need some wonder in your life today? Do you need something to change? Is your life filled with dullness and grimness and gloom? Well, then come and meet the one I call Wonderful Counselor. Because he'll bring light. He'll bring light. He'll bring direction. He'll turn your life around. Is Jesus your Wonderful Counselor? Number two, Isaiah said he is the Mighty God. His name is Mighty God. That means all-powerful, strong one, valiant warrior. This is a title that in the Old Testament, when you look at the Hebrew, actually is used to describe a hero. Matter of fact, you could actually read it this way. When you see the word mighty, you could put he is God hero to you and me. That's what it actually means. He's the hero of the scripture. 
David said in Psalm 24, verse 8, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Who is this king of glory? I ask you today, as David asked years ago, who is this king of glory? And I respond, his name is Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. He's profound in his counsel. And he is powerful in all that he sets about to do and to accomplish. This title, Mighty God, tells us that Jesus is not only the Son of God, he's also God the Son. Let me say it one more time. He's not only the Son of God, he is God the Son. That baby born in a feed trough is also the King of glory. Or to say it another way, that carpenter from Nazareth, he's also the architect of the universe. John said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus in that passage of Scripture. Jesus didn't beat around the bush about who he was. Matter of fact, in John 10, 30, he said, I and the Father are one. Musicians, please come back this morning. We need to understand he is wonderful counselor. He is mighty one. He is the Son of God and God the Son. Jesus can manage anything that you walk through, anything that confronts you, anything that you encounter, he can handle because he is mighty. He is my God hero. Amen? I mean, you might like those hero movies, all those things that we see today on TV. You may like those movies of Captain America and all these other ones. You think, wow, that's great. I've got news for you. I know one who's greater than any of them. I know one that doesn't need a magic shield to defend the universe. His name is Jesus. And I, I don't have any bone with those movies. If you like them, that's fine. But just remember, that's fantasy. But what I'm talking to you about today is reality. Move from fantasy to reality. Move from pretend to what really is. Move from the place where you have to be excited about some character on a screen to the place where you experience the greatest character who has ever lived, whose name is Jesus. Let me say it again. He's the mighty God. He's never lost a battle and he never will. He's never succumbed to the enemy and he never will. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to understand, we aren't serving some puny, puny little God. We're serving the king of the universe. And mighty is he. Mighty is he. Think about it. He healed the sick. He made the lame to walk. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. He is the king of glory. There is nothing that he cannot do in your life or in mine. He can do the impossible. Oh, I love that word impossible. It's impossible. We can't get around it. It's insurmountable. Oh, no, let me take you to one who can get around the impossible. Let me take you to one who can step over the insurmountable. Let me take you to the one who spoke that mountain into existence and can cause that mountain to be removed from your life. His name is Jesus, the mighty God. Let him fight your battles. Make him your God hero today. And let him fight in your behalf. Worship him, praise him, exalt him, and see his power flow in and through your life. That's why Mary said in Luke 1.37, excuse me, the angel said to Mary in Luke 1.37, For with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I love the song that Mark Lowry recorded and wrote years ago. The song says, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? That your baby boy 
has came to make you new. Mary, did you know this child that you delivered will soon deliver you? Mary, did you know that this baby boy is in fact the Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby would one day rule all nations? Mary, did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And then he wrote this last line that I love so much. Mary, did you know that sleeping child you're holding is the great I am? I come to tell you today, his name is Wonderful Counselor. His name is Mighty God. He's the God of the universe. He's worthy of your worship. He's worthy of your praise. Every time I hear that song, matter of fact, I listened to it three times in my office this morning. Mary, did you know, every time I hear that song, all I can think about is the greatness of God. How mighty and powerful and wonderful He really is. So let me ask you, are you trusting in your own strength? Or are you ready to make Him your mighty God? Because as the wonderful counselor, He makes the plans. Hear me, catch this. As the wonderful counselor, He makes plans. And as the mighty God, He executes those plans. Wouldn't it be better to have your life in the life in the hand of one who can make the plans and then execute them for you? It's one thing to plan, but it's another thing to carry them out. But God, I'm talking to you about today, does that very thing. Heads about and eyes are closed. I want you to sing this in worship and adoration. Just sing it out to Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Come on, make it your private and your personal prayer, your worship to the King of Kings today. Oh, come, let us adore Him. wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He's worthy of your worship and worthy of your praise. Sing it out one more time. Oh, come, let us adore him. Sometimes we make it so difficult for people to come to God and to know our Savior. Can I tell you, it's really very, very easy. There's no hoops you have to jump through. There's no certain words you have to say. All you have to do is acknowledge that He is Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Savior for your sin. And ask Him to forgive you and to come into your life. And when you do that, an amazing thing happens. The Bible says he makes you new from the inside out. So if you're here this morning, bow your heads with me across this room. And you've never asked him to come into your heart, to forgive your sins, to change your life. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. 
And when we sing it again in just a moment, then for sure you can say, oh come, let me adore him. So if you've never asked him to come into your life today, right where you stand, if you're watching online, right where you sit, or in the car you're driving down the road in, simply pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Savior of the world. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to change my life. I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for hearing my cry. Thank you for hearing my prayer and forgiving me today. Can you say that right now? Thank you for forgiving me today. Thank you for forgiving me today. If you prayed that prayer in faith, a wonderful, miraculous thing has happened in your life. God has forgiven you. He's begun the process of creating you all over anew through the power of the Spirit of God. So tell somebody, I prayed, I believe, I've asked God to forgive me and my life is gonna be different from this day forward. Tell somebody before you leave this room, before you leave your living room, when you stop at the gas station next time, stop and tell somebody, God's done something in me. Will you do that? One more time, oh come, let us adore him. Miss Katura, will you bring the children right now, please? Oh come, let us adore him. Oh come, let us adore him. Oh come, let us adore him. Christ the Good morning, everyone. We're so glad each and every one of you are in the house today. You may go ahead and be seated. Let me just say Merry Christmas. We've been praying over each and every one of you, and we just know that this is going to be a wonderful Christmas this year. No matter how the year has been, we're going to finish off rejoicing in our Savior today. Amen? Amen. Well, we're so glad you're with us. If you're here in the sanctuary for the first time, there should be a card right in front of you that says, Welcome Home. If you would pick up one of those cards and fill it out, and then when the offering bucket goes by, just drop that in. We'd just love to get to know that you are here and get to know your name and a little bit about you. And hopefully you're getting to know a little bit about us. And if you're online, just hit, um, I believe there's a button you can hit that you can just say, I was a guest today. And let us know that you joined us for the first time, and we're so glad that each and every one of you are with us. And if you are driving down the road, again, we're glad you tuned in to us and chose to worship the Lord and Savior today with us. So God bless each and every one of you today and the rest of this week. Well, it is my honor and privilege to introduce to you one of the best groups. Sorry, youth. Sorry, youth. One of the best groups that we have here at All Nations. This is our kids group, All Nations Kids. Aren't they wonderful? They're gorgeous. I love, they're handsome and beautiful. So they're going to come and they're going to bless us today. God bless each and every one of you. Luke. 2 11 for unto you is born 
this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Luke 2, 14. Glory, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Luke 2.10, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will bring great joy upon the people. Matthew 1.21, for she will bear a child, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Isaiah 9.6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, for his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace.
Come on, we can clap our hands for them again. Come on, guys. There's no way I can compete with that. No way at all. Let's give it up one more time for them as they leave. Thank you guys so much. Well, we want to extend this time of worship. It's time to give into the kingdom. Are you excited about that? I don't know if this, I don't believe you. Are you excited about giving into the kingdom of God? Man, this is a really great time. And you know, I love the holidays. Um, but in this time, you know, I know it can be difficult for some, right? loved ones may not be here financially tight but I just believe we serve a God who is more than enough is that right I want to read to you out of Psalms 37 verse 3 um, 3 through 6 I'll read it says trust in the Lord they'll put on the screens how to give while I read the scripture trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness everybody say befriend Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Here it is. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him and he will act. Isn't that good to know that if we commit our ways unto the Lord and we delight ourselves in him, he will act on our behalf. But there's a, there's a prerequisite here that we have to acknowledge him in every way. And I really want to challenge us today as we come to the end of the year and as we come to the top of the year that we really want to give extravagantly. We want to be generous in what God has given us. Listen, it's not the amount, but it is a sacrifice. And God is not after your money. Can I tell you something? He's after your heart. And if he can get your heart, he can get everything about you. He can get your service. He can get your finances. He can get everything about you, but he's really after your heart. And I believe what God wants to do here. And I always say, you don't give to all nations. You do what? You give through all nations. I believe our money will be in places that our feet will never touch, but that is the kingdom. And I believe that God wants to do something exponential in our life by way of the kingdom. And I like to say it like this, a seed that leaves your hand and never leaves your life. And I believe that God is going to do something, not just today, but it will stand on the shoulders of everything that we've given to see the kingdom advance, not just here in Tallahassee, but in the whole world and all the nations. And I believe that God is going to do something phenomenal through this church by your hands that we've never seen. Is that okay? Let's get our seed up. If you've sown online, raise that phone up. Or if you've sown, um, you're sowing in the house, raise that seed up. We want to pray. Father, I thank you for every person that is here. I pray that you bless the seed that you're ready to sow today. Father, I pray right now that this seed would have a name. That they, whether it be sickness, whether it be a loved one that will come to you, whether it be something in their body that will be healed, whatever the case may be. Father, I pray right now that you do a quick work in their lives right now in Jesus' name. I pray this Christmas will be different. I pray right now that what you get ready to do through this seed, Father, will set the tone for the rest of their life. Even this year in giving, this exponential sacrificial seed that we're sowing deep into the ground. Father, I pray right now that you do something extraordinary by way of your spirit. I just declare faith over this house right now. I declare faith over every seed. And I declare right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that everything that we give tonight will grow roots and it will go deep in the ground and it will be flourishing. In Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say Amen. God bless you.
Hi there. This is for you. Go ahead, take it. As if I would take a gift from a perfect stranger. <laughs> Girl, you heard that? I'm gonna swallow that man. What? Hi. This is for you. Oh, um, thanks, I guess. Oh, uh, excuse me, I, I gotta take this. Hello, this is for you. Go ahead, take it. This is the best gift ever. I wonder what's in here. Hey, hey, you. This what is for you. What is it? The best gift you ever get. Huh? Can't you tell I got everything I need right here? <laughs> everything I need, sir. But hey, keep up the good work. I'm sure it's men out there that really need what you have to offer. What about you? No, we're, we're good, good, sir. Thank you. Enjoy your service. Yup. Hi, this is for you. Okay. Hey, um, I got a gift. So do I. Are you gonna open it? Well, there's no need, really. I mean, having it's enough. I might get around to it someday, but I'm a very busy person with such little time to spare. Are you coming? Okay. Hello. Hi. This is for you. Thank you. It's beautiful. Although it is my birthday, this gift is for you. For I have come so that you may have life, and life to the full. Merry Christmas.
Thank you, Cast. Thank you, Rupa Palmer. This gift really is for you. Let me encourage you to open it to accept all that God has to offer you and I today, the gift of his son. Would you give him a hand one more time, the kids and the cast? And thank you, Ruba. I'm not sure where you're at. I'm not seeing you at the moment. Thank you. There you are. Stand, please, Ruba. Please stand. Ruba wrote this drama and put it together for us. Thank you so very, very much. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we ask that you would take advantage of the greatest gift ever given. Amen. Again, Merry Christmas. We're again very glad each and every one of you are with us. We're really glad we've got some more kids. Y'all know we have a lot of children. We had some here over Thanksgiving, but we've also got some here in the Christmas time. One uh, set, Candace and Andre, if you'll stand up and just wave at everybody. This is our military son. This is our son that's in the Navy that we're very, very proud of. And we're just so thrilled because if you know the military is hard to get um, the holidays off and we're just so pleased that they're with us today we knew they were going to be coming through but they surprised us last night and said they were actually going to stay a little bit longer and come to service with us so we're so glad they did so if while they're here just tell them hi and and uh, I told them I said we like to show you kids off because we talk about you and this way they actually know we really do have you <laughs> so anyway we love them and we love each and every one of you and we could not wish you a more blessed Christmas so let's always keep our focus on the reason we're celebrating the gift, the greatest gift we've ever received was the birth of our Savior. So God bless each and every one of you. We're so glad you're with us. Thank you, Yvonne. Stand with us today. I want to bless you, speak God's life and peace over you this morning as we leave. And I do pray that you have a great Christmas season. Remember, there'll be no prayer tomorrow night, nor service on Wednesday evening, but we will be having candlelight communion right here Thursday evening, Christmas Eve, from 6 to 7 o'clock. Bring your family, receive family communion together, honor the birth of our Savior, God's Son, Jesus Christ. And may He bless you and may He keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. May you find in Him the fullness of your joy, the completeness of your peace, and the knowledge of His love for you. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Yvonne and I love you. Have a great holiday season. God bless you. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.